The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is no substitute for professional care by your doctor or your qualified healthcare professional. Never disregard or delay professional medical advice because of something you've heard on this podcast or in any linked material. Guests who speak on this podcast express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions. Dr. Shirley neither endorses nor opposes any particular opinion discussed on this podcast. The views expressed on this podcast have no relation to those of any academic, hospital, practice, institution, or other entity with which Dr. Shirley may be affiliated. Welcome to Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty. This podcast is curated by Dr. Shirley Madir, MD, as the definitive source of holistic wellness through beauty. Hey everyone, it's Dr. Shirley. Welcome to 15 Minutes of Fab, a segment of the Forever Fab podcast where I review products, services, experiences, and frankly, whatever, (laughs) in 15 minutes or less. If the full-length podcast is a couture dress, for example, then 15 Minutes of Fab is like a button-down French cuff white shirt paired with leather leggings. If you don't have time to tune into the full-length podcast, then check out 15 Minutes of Fab, just a small dose. Some have considered it truth and beauty or plastic surgery secrets or as a nerdy or academic take on wellness and beauty with a dash of fashion. Consider it what you may. My aim is to engage you as a credible and authoritative voice in most, most, if not all aspects of beauty and wellness with a dash of fashion. That includes products, wellness services, technologies, innovations, new scientific research, and plastic surgery. As the founder of Holistic Plastic Surgery, my approach to beauty is through a lens of wellness that's grounded in science, backed by medical study and research, strengthened by my clinical experience, and bolstered by my surgical training with the use of principles and techniques of plastic surgery. And then there's my love of fashion. Of course, I feel uniquely qualified to talk with you about beauty, wellness, aesthetics, and plastic surgery, as well as products and services within those spaces, not only because of my extensive, and may I add expensive training and expansive background, but also because I'm one of you. Many of the human issues around aging and being being a fierce fab person, as well as an agent for positive change. I live these too, and I try. You're not alone. So together we can help the world become a more beautiful, forever fab place. So if you'll have me and give me at least 15 minutes of your time, let's get at it. In this new year, I've decided that it will be one of expansion and discovery. So I'll explore all sorts of topics, near and possibly far-fetched, while still focusing on the topics that make the forever fab podcast, well, fabulous, namely fashion, the art of living well or wellness and beauty. As part of my philosophy of holistic plastic surgery, which I created well over probably now 15 years ago, where I believe that beauty emanates from within, wellness plays an integral role in my practice. And this goes for many aspects of life that help you to live in grace and beauty, including nutrition, exercise, product services, technologies, mind, body, spirit, and science. The title of today's episode is Dear Dr. Shirley, 
Answering your questions without a consultation fee, part one. In my practice, I've noticed that some of the questions I receive are often repeated by different patients. And no matter the gender, the age, or beauty philosophy, some of those questions are the same. I also receive a number of questions through social media and from editors, beauty editors, and TV producers from time to time. And yet another place where I receive a lot of questions is through my online e-consultations, clicklift.com. So I thought I would pull some of these questions from all those resources and put them out for your consideration while providing some insight into them. So this is what I call Dear Dr. Shirley, part one. Well, answer some of the more common questions that I'm asked as a plastic surgeon. And there's a bonus. There's no consultation fee for you today. (laughs) So let's get started. Dear Dr. Shirley, what is filler fatigue? Okay, well, this is a relatively new term that even though it sounds as if, you know, people, that fillers have been around for so long that people are getting tired of them, that's actually not the case. It refers to something a little bit more um, dramatic and unfortunate. And filler fatigue generally refers to the fact that when you put a filler into someone's usually face, but it could be any tissue of the body, and that filler has a property of attracting water. What filler fatigue is, is that once that filler is placed, it will actually attract or draw into the tissues more water. And rather than creating the contoured or, you know, super finished, polished look that you were aiming for, instead what happens because of this attracting of excess water into the tissues, you actually get a more swollen looking face or swollen looking result. And even though some swelling is to be expected and normal for a few days after filler injection, and some fillers will definitely have lead to more swelling than others. So to some extent, that's a normal part of inflammation and healing, but it shouldn't be exaggerated and it shouldn't last for days and weeks or days and days and weeks. So basically filler fatigue is the result of poor patient selection. Um, And I would add that that probably includes a lack of a holistic assessment of the space and tissues around which you will be injecting. And it's also the direct result of overtreatment and or choosing the wrong filler for a patient. So there you have it. That is what filler fatigue is. I know that was a long-winded answer, but that's the way that I could explain it to you. Okay. Next question, dear Dr. Shirley, how can plastic surgery be holistic? You know, I, I get this question a lot and I created, I created, I made up this philosophy of holistic or holism in plastic surgery, I don't know, 15 years or more ago. And even though I made it up, it made sense to me because it's based on these foundations called the dimensions of wellness. And my intention was to help educate my patients about how going into surgery really should be a whole process. And even though I'm only operating on one or two parts of the body, your whole body does go into surgery. And not only does your whole body go into surgery, your whole body is required. You know, mind, spirit, and soul (laughs) are required to help you prepare for surgery and help you during surgery and 
obviously to help you recover after surgery. So these dimensions of wellness, which I did not make up, there are up to, there are about 10 of them, a little less than 10 of them. They are the foundations upon which I base these pillars of wellness, right, in beauty and in plastic surgery. And some of those dimensions include financial wellness. Um, Obviously, you have to be able to swing the cost of surgery. Um, Physical wellness, right? You have to be well enough and healthy enough to withstand the anesthesia and the blood loss, potentially. Um, uh, Not just physical, mental wellness, psychological wellness, social wellness. Do you have people or a social structure in place after surgery to help you to recover and to help you do things. If, for example, you've had a tummy tuck and, you, you know, you, you can't walk as long or as far as you used to. So all of those dimensions of wellness serve as the basic pillars upon which I base this philosophy that I created decades ago called holistic plastic surgery. And it essentially means that the aim is for you to stay beautiful, stay healthy, stay well, not only on the outside, but also on the inside. There you have it. Holistic plastic surgery created and defined by Dr. Shirley Madeira. Okay, next question. Dear Dr. Shirley, what are the basic skincare products that I should use? Okay, I can answer this question, but it will have to be a general answer because everyone is different. Right? Everyone has different skin types, everyone has different environments in which they live, and everyone responds to different products differently. So one woman's moisturizer may be, you know, another woman's like poison, right? One one man's skin balm or toner or aftershave may be another man's not so much. <laughs> so in general, very, very basic in general, I do recommend a cleanser a gentle cleanser. Uh, You don't really need to strip your face with harsh chemicals and try to get all that, you know, dirt off, right? You should get the dirt off and clean your face at least once a day, but ideally morning and evening, so twice a day. But you don't need harsh chemical um, cleansers to completely strip your face. Um, So that's the most basic, a gentle, effective cleanser. The second, a moisturizer, And this moisturizer should be moisturizing and not irritating and not harsh and not so chemical that it causes a reaction. It should be non-irritating. It should be non-comedogenic. It shouldn't clog up your pores. And the last is a sunscreen. And obviously, there are going to be times when you'll need a sunscreen more than often, right? Summertime, springtime, environments where there's a lot of, you know, high sun. So those are the basic irreducible minimal products that I recommend. If you have the wherewithal and the budget and you want to do a little extra, I also highly recommend a skin serum. And a serum could be used before your moisturizer or, frankly, I sometimes mix mine with my moisturizer. And the treatment, the serum is generally for a treatment, right, or a target area. So I like the ingredients hyaluronic acid for skin hydration, vitamin C for skin lightening and brightening, and you know, a nice facial oil, one or two drops just to sort of prevent transepidermal water loss, you know, from the environment, from wind, from etc. So those are the three plus one, if you'd like. There you have it. General, basic skincare product recommendations. Next question. Dear Dr. Shirley, 
do I have to change my skincare products for each season? Oh, okay. Yeah. I sometimes get that. And my simple answer is, well, if the products that you're using are working for you throughout the year, then don't change. I personally do change my skincare products. I sort of do it like the fashion calendar, spring, summer, winter, fall, right? So winter, fall, I'm using heavier, um, not still non-comedogenic, non-pore clogging, but sort of thicker, um, products, right? Balms and oils and creams. Whereas in the spring and summer, I'll lighten up, I'll lighten up to, you know, the tonics and toners and um, floral essences and spritzes and lotions and, you know, serums as opposed to oils and balms, etc. So I personally change my skincare products by the season, according to the fashion calendar, of course, spring, summer, fall, winter. Um, but if yours are working for you throughout the year, then keep what you got. Next question. Dear Dr. Shirley, how do I manage adult acne? Ooh. Um, okay, so disclaimer, I'm sure you all know if you've been listening to my podcast for a long time. Um, I am not a dermatologist, but because of my practice of holistic plastic surgery, I do examine skin because healthy skin is important to what I do as a plastic surgeon. And I sometimes make recommendations. So I have had patients who have asked me how to manage their adult acne. Of course, I always defer to their dermatologist, but sometimes I add a few extra <laughs> you know, suggestions. And one of those suggestions is nutrition. The first rule of beauty for me in my practice, the first rule of beauty is good nutrition. So... I often ask, if someone is asking me about managing adult acne, I often ask what their nutritional status is, how are they eating, what, what their blood type is. I base some of my nutritional recommendations on Dr. Diodamo's work of blood type nutrition. So there are ways that you can manage adult acne, but it involves several, again, pillars of care. One of them is going to be nutrition. The second one is going to be adequate hydration. The third is going to be, you know, elimination. How are you getting rid of toxins? Um, the fourth is going to be what your current skincare regimen is. And your fifth one is going to be, you know, perhaps a new skincare product recommendation regimen. So that was a general answer, but it really is an individual, individually based treatment plan. So that is something that I would recommend you have a consultation for. Voila. Dear Dr. Shirley, I've noticed that my hair is thinning as I grow older. How do I prevent more hair loss? Okay, this is another one that I consider to be also very subjective and individualized. Hair, you know, grows in phases and stages, right? And each hair is at a different stage of growth or rest or falling out. Not only that, but Every single individual has different hair. And not only that, their hair, whether it hangs onto the scalp or falls out, is the result of so many different factors, not just the environment, not just stress, not just, you know, nutrition and exposure to toxins, but also, you know, genetics, epigenetics, what they inherited, what their mother looked like, what their father looked like. There's so much, what medications they're on, what's, what hair products they're using, um, how they're styling their hair. There's so many factors that are involved in hair health, as well as getting to the bottom of hair loss and hair growth, that this remains a completely individualized 
answer, and therefore these treatment plans will be individualized and super specific to the person. And that's why I also recommend a consultation for this issue. So I hope that answers the question broadly, but at least answers the question, period. Dear Dr. Shirley, I read a blog that mentioned that Ozempic (laughs) may be helpful for mild to moderate weight loss, but I'm concerned about what's called Ozempic face and Ozempic body. Are those real? Short answer, yes, they're real. Long answer, you know, you've got to weigh the risks and benefits of any medication as well as any procedure, but for this question specifically, any medication that you are going to take. If, first of all, Ozempic, Wagovis, Rebelsius, you know, those types of medications are FDA approved for people with diabetes who have high what's called A1Cs that need to be reduced for improved health. Um, yes, it's a, I guess, side effect and therefore benefit um, to these medications that whoever's on them will experience weight loss. But what I have to say is what I've seen in my practice is that the weight loss is so rapid, you know, 10 pounds in two weeks, you know, 40, 50 pounds in a month. Um, That weight loss is so rapid that to me, it looks like the type of weight loss that the patients that I've operated on for, you know, who've had massive weight loss surgery, it, it almost looks the same, even though the mechanisms are different. So what I'm saying is that weight loss that is so rapid doesn't really give the skin and the the structures enough time to retract and, or, you know, or recoil or, you know, catch up to the fat loss that you can end up getting excessively saggy skin. And that's what I've seen in the patients who've had massive weight loss surgery. They've lose the weight so quickly because we bypass some of their gastrointestinal tract, right? Um, and they don't eat as much or they're fuller, faster with less, that they lose fat very quickly. But the skin that the fat is attached to doesn't have an opportunity to sort of, you know, move with the... Um, with the fat and it doesn't have, the skin doesn't have an opportunity to sort of adjust to the now empty space. So what happens is you have sagging skin and I've seen it on the face after, you know, these medications. And I've also seen it on the body. And what is the, you know, the, the cure or the management for all this excessive skin? Well, actually, it's plastic surgery. It's excisional surgery. It's removing the skin and then, you know, sort of re-sculpting, remolding, reconfiguring, recontouring that tissue and the skin back to the reduced fat and therefore the smaller frame. Okay, so yes, ozempic face and ozempic body are real. So strongly consider those possibilities and likelihoods, in fact, depending on whether or not you go on these medications. Okay. Dear Dr. Shirley, I'm preparing for surgery, a tummy tuck specifically. Should I try to lose weight before the operation? Um, In my practice, I recommend that if it's possible that my patients who are going to undergo a tummy tuck, I do recommend that they try to lose some weight before the surgery. And this is because a tummy tuck involves removing um, excess sagging skin around 
the belly and the torso. So if you are able to lose some of that weight and have the skin sag more, actually, in essence, then that allows me as the surgeon to remove more of that relative excess sagging skin to create a more tucked or tighter, without being too tight, obviously, contour, right? So if you are able to lose some of that weight um, before surgery, you may have a sort of more contoured result after body contouring surgery. So yes, is the short answer. Dear Dr. Shirley, I'm one of your patients. Thank you. And I also listen to your podcast. Double thank you. I've heard you talk about your fab five rules of beauty, but (laughs) how realistic are they and are they doable? Well, again, I thank you so much for not only being my patient, but also listening to my podcast. Yes, I talk a lot about my top five fab five rules of beauty, and they are based on my holistic approach and philosophy um, that I created again decades ago. And I have found them to be true and applicable to this day and probably in perpetuity as long as I'm practicing. So for review, my fab five rules of beauty are number one, Good nutrition is the first rule of beauty. Number two, the second rule of beauty is adequate daily hydration. Fab five rule of beauty number three is consistent restful sleep. Rule number four is frequent and effective stress management. And rule number five is mind, body, and soul nourishment and protection. So those are the rules of beauty, according to Dr. Shirley the fab five rules of beauty, holistically, of course. So are they realistic? Yes, absolutely, indeed. Are you going to be able to, you know, set goals for yourself? Of course, if you're not doing them already. Will they be immediately 100% at the top right away? No, right? But small steps, baby steps along the way to being, you know, a better adult. So they are realistic and they are doable. And not only are they realistic, I have seen their effects in my patients before surgery, after surgery, and even with no surgery. So these rules of beauty are not necessarily for you know, pre-op preparation, although they're obviously applicable. They are a baseline. They're the basic irreducible minimum. And these, I believe, what will, these are what will carry you whatever your beauty journey will be. Thank you for that question. Okay, last question on this 15 minutes of fab. Dear Dr. Shirley, I'm turning 60 next month. Well, congratulations to you. I eat well for the most part, <laughs> exercise regularly, and take good care of my skin. Okay, sounds like you, you're hashtag winning. I'm interested in a facelift, okay, but I'm concerned about how I will look. Reasonable. Is 60 too early or too late? Well, happy upcoming birthday. And I think it's so cool that you are gifting yourself a facelift for your 60th birthday. Um, Is 60 too early or too late? Frankly, it depends on how you look, how healthy you are, how well you are. It depends on so much. I'm going to call again um, my um, foundational platform of the dimensions of wellness, okay? So you have to take a look at all of those and determine for yourself if 
you feel comfortable with the your you know your level of wellness on each of these dimensions so financial wellness if paying for this facelift is going to put you out or in a bad way perhaps you should hold off or get some help paying it over time um, uh, medical are you well do you have any medical conditions that might be problematic for you during anesthesia. Um, psychological wellness. Are you psychologically prepared for how you will look? Um, I've, there is a phenomenon actually that sometimes occurs in facelift patients that after they undergo a facelift because they've been looking at themselves for years a certain way. And now after they've undergone a facelift, their tissues are lifted. You know, sometimes more volume is added. Things are taut and tight. And sometimes people respond to you differently, sometimes in a good way, sometimes in a not so good way. Are you prepared for that? And in some facelift patients, they go through a mild depression actually after the facelift, even though everything went supremely well and they look amazing. Um, sometimes that happens. So if in answering that question, I would just ask you to consider all of those dimensions of wellness or try to answer as many questions for yourself as possible to determine your holistic readiness for this change. Because even though you have the most natural and subtle of facelifts, it's still a change and it will be different and people will respond to you differently and you will perhaps, even your perception of yourself may change. And sometimes that's you know, cool. And sometimes it's not so cool. So those are questions that you'll have to answer for yourself. Et voila. Q&A, dear Dr. Shirley, there you have it. Questions from my practice and all around and social media and beauty editors and TV producers. Questions that I hope that I've answered for you and mildly perhaps entertained you and all without a consultation fee for you today. <laughs> This concludes this episode of 15 Minutes of Fab. As always, stay beautiful and forever fabulous inside and out. As always, if you love this episode of the Forever Fab podcast, please share it and subscribe to the feed. Listen to past episodes or check out who's coming up next on foreverfabpodcast.com. If you enjoy listening to the Forever Fab podcast and you want more, get more audio and visuals with a membership through Patreon. Choose the gold, platinum, or diamond tier for premium added content, special co-hosts, lifestyle videos, branded merchandise, and maybe even private access to my clubhouse by visiting patreon.com slash foreverfab. If you're a founder or you represent a beauty brand and you want to be featured on an episode of the Forever Fab podcast segment of 15 Minutes of Fab, send me some stuff. Visit foreverfabpodcast.com and fill out the contact form. For general holistic beauty tips or to set up an appointment with me to discuss your personalized options for leveling up your beauty, visit elementsandgraces.com and sign up for my newsletter or just give us a call. And for an online e-consultation on time, anytime, and on your time, visit clicklift.com for your wellness, plastic surgery, beauty and wellness questions on the go. That's click C-L-I-C-K-Lift.com. It's time for the elevated house call. Jet Set Beauty Rx offers beauty on-call services near your home or other domicile, delivering beauty in the privacy of a medically equipped mobile aesthetics unit. Reserve your appointment at JetSetBeautyRx.com. 
Thank you for listening to this week's Forever Fab podcast episode. Until next time, stay beautiful and fabulous inside and out. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty, curated by Dr. Shirley Madir, MD. Live beautifully and help make the world a more beautiful place.